Creative people come from all walks of life. Sometimes we don't hit our stride creatively or even find our venue or niche until later in life. Sometimes people's creativity in one area leads to creativity in another. That's what makes the subject so interesting. Join us as we talk to Andrew Bullard, filmmaker from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and find out how he became a filmmaker and why. I want to say I met Andrew Bullard when he came to our campus to screen his film, Access Control. I enjoyed it so much. It had art. It was fun. It was a comedy and it was funny. It had a good message. It included spiritual things, which a lot of movies do not. And it had really neat music. I have a lot to ask, Andrew, but I'll start with the easy one. Tell us about yourself, Andrew. You can say whatever you want to here. First, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, my, my name is Andrew Bullard. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, even though uh, my father was in the military. So I was born in Germany, uh, lived a little bit of everywhere until he retired when I was 13 years old. And since then, I've lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, I went to D.C., got a bachelor's degree in communications and went through a whole lot of stuff after that. And now I'm working at Blue Cross Blue Shield. But in my free time, I love to make hip hop music. And now I've been making feature films and, or just films in general since about 2019. So um, I love to incorporate uh, my music and film and my faith. And, you know, we got a lot of accolades from excess control and right now I'm working on my next film. So just been living the life. Okay. <laughs> well, where did, where did you say you went to college? I went to UTC. Oh, UTC. Okay. And did you major in anything like filmmaking there? Just communications, but, um, I did take a video class and okay. um, with communications, but nothing really related to filmmaking, but <laughs> So what do you do in your day job? And I work at Blue Cross Blue Shield. And at first I started off as just a customer service rep. I did that for about five years. Now I work in member appeals. So basically when people don't get what they want, I have to deal with that process. So, <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that happens a lot though. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. We can all relate to it. Yeah, it's, it's a, I, I like the job uh, because... It can be pretty stressful with managing uh, a whole bunch of different cases and it really helps with doing filmmaking because filmmaking can be very stressful. So I like that aspect, being able to master multitasking. Okay. So would you say you're a long time Chattanoogan? Well, 20, about 20, 21 years. I guess I'd say so. Okay. You've seen Chattanooga in kind of what I would say, it's more of its renaissance. You know, I came here in the 70s and what Chattanooga is now and what it is then, it's night and day in a sense, you know, due to investments, the infrastructure things, the everything from the aquarium to the more tourism, the emphasis on the outdoors and things like that. And then a lot of people moving here for those reasons. So 
it's it's a lot different now. So is it easy to make a film in Chattanooga? Well, it's not easy to make a film in general. So if Chattanooga makes that easier, this probably I feel like they're just pros and cons to it. And you know, you you it's a small town in a way, so you mm-hmm. kinda know people and you know, where your connections are or where you might be able to get help from here and stuff like that. But then also that you have the disadvantage of like, you know, a lot of people do filmmaking in places like Atlanta, which is close by. So when you call somebody and say, Hey, can I use this location for a, a movie that I'm making? They're like looking at you like you're crazy. Like make a movie, make a what? So, <laughs> so there's a lot of times you run into that, but um, with things like the, filmmakers guild that they made in Chattanooga and other things. I think it's, it's, it's a cool place to, to make film and you're close to a lot of major cities here too. Yeah. Um, there's certain, like every city has certain landmarks. And I think maybe one of the things about Atlanta is that they can hide the landmarks a little bit in the films, but there's certain things in Chattanooga. It's hard to hide, you know, in a shot. <laughs> yeah, very true. You're going to have the mountains and you're going to have the, the, um, well, the river and you're going to have the aquarium in the background and some things like that. So. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to get permissions at places or can you just say that, you know, I'm going to go over to this place or go to Coolidge Park or whatever? Yeah. When you were talking about that, that reminded me of back when I was doing music videos for my music. And there's an area kind of uh, downtown. Um, I forgot what the area is actually called. It's by Hunter Museum. And I really want to use that area. And then I found out, oh, you got to have permission to use this area. Uh, stuff like that. So, oh, okay. But um, but then when just with just doing filmmaking, you learn so much about, well, if you're doing something outside, you know, audio is very important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you might end up shooting something for eight hours and realize all oh, this audio is no good. I'm going to have to do a voiceover. Or we just got to reshoot this. And, you know, so some of those things will come into play. Um, and then just, you know, when you're outside filming, you know, people all, that attracts people. So people come out and they're like, Hey, what's going on? And act like you just have all day to have a conversation and stuff like that. So yeah. Was, Did they, uh, people sort of like, I want to be in this movie. <laughs> Hey, mom, you know, walk around. When I did my short film, uh, Ain't Got All Right, we shot, we used uh, my dad's shirts. My dad's a pastor. And a lot of people walked through that area. And there was like a lot of people that kind of, we could tell that they kind of wanted to be in the movie. We, we weren't prepared <laughs> to have the forms for them to sign and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but yeah. some people just like, like both times I filmed, there's people that will just sit and just watch like, okay, let me just watch a movie live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's it's very interesting because the the times I have been involved in any way, shape, or form with with films being made, it's I don't think people realize how slow a process it is. That oh, yeah. you, don't, you don't just go in there, say, click click click, take a fish, and you're you're done. I mean, it's it's multiple takes. The lighting has to be exactly right. You have to, they even have a, an app for your phone. I know that it can, you can test the lighting of what it's going to be like at a certain time of day. And you you can't have, you have to have continuity. And there's so, it's just a really slow mm-hmm. process. 
So did you find that was the case? It took a lot longer than you thought it would take? Yes. Yes. Filmmaking has so much hurry up and wait. And, um, you know, I've done music videos before I did my short film and got all right. But, you know, music videos, you don't have to worry about dialogue. So you just kind of jump in, you do a little something. It does take time, a lot of time. But when I actually did, because the short film ain't got right is about 27, 28 minutes long, but we shot all in one day. And man, that was a long day. <laughs> so, um, but with access control, we shot that in four days. But, you know, some of those, a couple of those days were like 15 hour, 16 hour days. So, you know, it's just, you know, a lot, you know, I remember Dan, uh, my co-star in access control, there was one scene that we had to do in the hallway and he was like, man, we did that so many times. <laughs> I was like, yes, I know we did. So even I, you know, it's funny too, because I was a director, but I'd still be getting mad about like, man, this is taking all day. But it's just, you know, a part of the process. It's always funny too, if an actor says, okay, so how long do you think you're going to need me that day? And it's like, just be prepared to be here the whole day. We, <laughs> nothing's predictable. So what was your first movie about? You said, ain't, ain't that all right? Yes. So I ain't got all right. Um, and the funny thing about with uh, making that film, I kind of got challenged by one of my cousins to like get into Christian film. And since I was doing music, I was like, OK, I do it, but I'll just kind of connect it with my music. I'll do an album with it and all that. So um, I just had the idea. It was kind of based on some of the things I had happened in my life where I didn't have a job and was you know trying to figure out life. So the the main character and got all right, Eugene, he loses his job and he's really just trying to get a job. He's just trying to get on his feet. Uh, the pastor at his church that he grew up gives him a job kind of being the janitor and stuff like that. And he, he runs into a lot of people. Um, but it's just you kind of just document three days in his life of him just trying to get back on his feet, even though he kind of keeps running into the worst of luck. It, it seems like everything's just not going well. So. You know, we shot it in 2019 and then I had this plan to do a premiere and everything, but then COVID happened. But it seemed like it when it came out, it was like the perfect movie because, you know, a lot of, you know, 2020, there's a lot of craziness going on. So it was like a movie to kind of give a little bit of hope. So, mm-hmm. so did you yeah. get it out to the public in 2020? Yes. Now, what I wanted to, but in uh, it was about August, we did like a watch party on Facebook. And then after that, we like put it on Prime. Um, now it's currently on Prime for buy. You can watch it on Plex for free. And then we, we submitted to a lot of film festivals and we did really well. I wasn't really expecting it at the time. You know, I knew about the Chattanooga Film Festival. I knew about a couple of Christian film festivals. But then once I, you know, realized, oh, man, there's tons. So, you know, submitted the movie and, you know, really got a good response. So I was like, OK, you know, why not try to do this again? And then that's. Later on, you know, access control came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that film festival thing is, I don't think most people know that much about it, but it's huge. I mean, I'm on a, I get emails from a, a website called Film Freeway and yeah, they're just all over the place, you know. Yeah, there's all kinds. There's just some you wouldn't even think of that they have. <laughs> so. Right. But are there a lot of Christian or faith-based ones? A lot of Christian film festivals, for sure. Um, there's got to be at least 
30 plus, if not more than that. Okay. So um, we did get to go last year. Uh, me and my wife went to the International Christian Film Festival and it was my, it was my first film festival. So it was a cool experience. We were nominated for three awards. We didn't win anything, but, you know, we got nominated for most inspirational film, um, best score, best screenplay. So it was just and then like with some of the films that we were competing against and, you know, that we lost to, but some of them was like, man, they had like huge budgets. So it was just like, you know, just honored to even be in the categories, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you definitely had great music and and a lot a lot of heart. So that was neat. So where in the world did you get the idea for access control? And how did you develop it? Well, at first, like with Ain't God All Right, you know, the, except for the end, it's kind of <laughs> depressing a lot through the film. So I kind of wanted to do something more lighthearted, more mm-hmm. fun. So um, when I kept thinking, kept brainstorming, you know, I, I love buddy cop movies. So like movies like Rush Hour or 48 Hour. Yeah. I mean, we're like two characters that are complete opposites had to kind of come together to solve a case or do something. So, um, like when I thought of that idea, I thought of when I did security at Erlanger in Chattanooga for, for about a year after I graduated and I was working third shift and doing what they call access control. When I was kind of the one signing people in kind of screening people when they came into the hospital. So like, I thought about that idea and just some of the interactions I had with coworkers and people that came into the hospital, other people that worked in the hospital. I was like, you know what? I could kind of do a buddy cop film, but you know, do it within a hospital and being a security guard. And then I thought about because uh, Dan, who was my co-star, was with me. He had a very small role. He joked about it in Ain't God All Right, like as the hiring manager. So I was like, you know, we had good chemistry, even like off screen. So I was like, you know, he'd be perfect to play, um, you know, opposite of me of that. So then that's when I kind of came up with the idea and we just kind of went from there, wrote the script. Um, early on, I got Dan into audition, didn't let him know he was going to have the role. And then, you know, I was like, Dan, you already had the role. He's oh, great. <laughs> so, so we kind of started to build that chemistry earlier. And, you know, there's so many things I learned kind of taking filmmaking to the next level. So that's where access control came about. What does Dan do for his uh, day job? Dan is a high school math teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, um, but he does a lot of plays in his free time. Uh, you know, he does some film. So, you know, he, he just reached out. I put up a, a casting call. I really didn't even know when I was doing God All Right what casting calls really were. That's why I did music videos. I would just be like reaching out to be, hey, you want to be in my video? So, um, but Dan was one of the few that reached out when I did Ain't God All Right. So when we were able to meet with that and do that, you know, kind of build that chemistry. I thought he'd be the perfect person. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we we really had a good time making access control together. For sure. How much? How much of of it was script driven? How much of it was uh, improv? Um, I say, I say about twenty percent was improv. But like, you know, the story was all there. But it was just a lot of those little jokes was stuff that we were just kind of coming up with on the fly. Or yeah. some stuff was like uh, improv in one of the uh, rehearsals or table reads. And then we just ended up like keeping that even though it wasn't in the script. But there's a lot of stuff that Dan would come up with on the spot. And so I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I was mad because I was like, Dan, I wrote this script now. You know what I mean? So 
But he would always come with something. And then like going back, I'm, you know, watching it. I was like, you know what? Dan's stuff was really good. <laughs> so like even one, the one that one of the ones that stands out was when uh, me and Dan's character, we go into this apartment where we're trying to look for clues. And uh, he's in a, I knock on the door. And then Dan's character is like, <laughs> says it's crazy. He's like, he said, just say, is, is that uh, is that how you think black people talk? And then I was like, what? You want me to say that? He's like, yeah, just say that. So he had so many little crazy things that he would have me say. And, you know, I just went with it because I just respected his comedic genius. So, yeah. One thing I thought was funny was the other security guard in the, the hospital, the way he'd look at you. <laughs> he didn't yes. say much, but that's, yeah, he's my cousin that played that role. Yeah. <laughs> and that was his. It was very funny. Like, you don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, he, he played that role great. And the, the funny thing was, we originally wanted him to play a janitor in the film. Uh-huh. Um, but like the actor that was supposed to play the role he played, his flight got canceled. So I was like, JJ, we're going to have to change your role. And he was like, all right. <laughs> so we did that. And he knocked it out the park. So, so you had a lot of roles in this film, though. You you wrote or uh, the screenplay, and then you directed it, and then you acted in it. Yeah, what else did you do? <laughs> I guess you produced it too, didn't you? Produced it too, and then I'd made the soundtrack. Okay. So, and then helped out a little bit with the score as well. So, yeah, I had to wear a lot of hats, but you know, I guess. For the most part, I was able to do a lot of things in phases, which kind of hit them. So, you yeah. know, I was like, I can write the script. I right, with, you know, with casting and, you know, I, most of the things I was able to do um, in phases. And then I had a good team. So uh, my wife, she was my fiance at the time. She was really helpful behind the scenes, a co-producer on the film. And then uh, we had a good cinematographer and crew and, um, you know, a lot of them, and then the actors too, you know, they came ready to go. We did a lot of table reads. So, you know, mm-hmm. we helped with knowing our lines and then it helped too with chemistry because it felt like we knew each other when we first got there, even though a lot of us, it was our first times meeting each other. So I think that kind of really helped with like, all right, we're not dealing with that awkward three or four takes of like, okay, we're kind of filling each other out and it really helped too. Cause we didn't have much time we shot everything in four days. So. Yeah. And your your wife plays the wife in the movie. No, my wife just played um she just had a little small cameo as the doctor. Oh, okay. Um, but but she she definitely really helped with, with casting and she she's really that's one of her favorite parts. So this this okay. time we're working on right now. She's like, Okay, let me see these auditions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so you know, you did it in four days, which is Wow. Um, what were the biggest hurdles for you? Um, I was definitely tired. <laughs> um, but, you know, like the the first day um, we were shooting a lot of the home location scenes and we kind of went over a little bit that day. And I think and, you know, it was like you kind of live and you learn. But like I had. I made an executive decision to go ahead and shoot a scene that we were going to do the next weekend. And then like looking back, I was like, why did I do that? Cause I pushed us back about an hour or so. So, but then that next day was like a very long day. And we had a couple of people that came from out of town. So uh, the girl that played the wife, uh, Fedora, you know, she was like living in Texas. And then one of the nurses 
Donna, she, uh, she came from like Maryland. So we had to get their stuff done in those two days. Those first two days is like, we didn't have no choice. So that second day was like very long. And it just felt like, man, I'm running on fumes. The good thing was I was supposed to be tired in the movie half the time since my character was doing third shift. So it, it, it worked. But like after the end of the second day, I was like ready. Like I was stubbed by my my wife, fiance at the time. I was like, I'm I'm about done. I'm about to just tell everybody go home. We we're like behind schedule. But then she was like, No, we're doing good. We got a lot of good stuff today. And she was like, we're, and I was like, Are you sure? And she was like, Yes, we're doing good. We're gonna be able to get it done. So we kind of had to make some adjustments. You know, what I mean, it was like, okay, some of these we're just gonna have to get a few takes and then just roll with it. You know. But, you know, that next, that third day, you know, it was a shorter day. So I was, you know, we were able to knock the rest of it out. So I guess it was just, you know, a little bit of the exhaustion, but, you know, we're just doing it all of four days. I think another day or two would have helped, but then another day or two would have meant more money. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and that's the thing about filmmaking is that you're doing. I, I kept saying, where in the world did they get a hospital to film in? You know, that that was the hardest thing. Like when I first came up with the idea to do it, like in the hospital, my wife was saying, well, that's going to be the hardest thing is finding, you know, you're going to do a movie in a hospital during COVID because that was like in uh, 2021. So I was calling around, calling everybody. Everybody was like, no, no, no. We're not even really entertaining me to even say no. Um, But then, you know, Chattanooga State, they you know, they opened their doors up and said, yes, you can film here. And UTC also gave us the option too. Um, mm-hmm. We decided to go to Chattanooga State to just have the look of like a hospital. So yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So we shot all those scenes for like two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it just, just looked like it. You know what I mean? So we didn't really have to, to do much set design. It was just like, all right, we're ready to go. There's a, a filmmaking community in Chattanooga. So are you involved in that? And what what's going on with that? So um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Landon Steele, he actually uh, donates access control and came out to the premiere that had me speak at the filmmakers guild that he made a few years back. Um, but, you know, it's just a collective where everybody in Chattanooga or from surrounding areas can kind of come together and just learn about filmmaking. So, um, and even recently we had, um, this guy named David Mays, uh, he's a brilliant guy, but he did a seminar lighting and just for a whole hour, you know, you're just getting free, free game pretty much on lighting and stuff like that. So, and he's brought in all kinds of different speakers. Like usually every meeting they'll bring in some kind of a speaker. So, uh, we even brought in this lady who, um, had a lifetime movie made, uh, based on a book that she wrote. And, and we had a cinematographer that was like from the area, but had a film that was like in theaters nationwide. So there's all kind of different people that they'll bring together. And then they've even worked on some projects together. So I collaborated with some of those people, some of the people there and stuff like that. So it's a really good thing that uh, Landon came up with. And, you know, I know it had to take a lot of guts to start it and stick with it, but it's it's definitely been growing like this. A lot of people every time I come. So it's been yeah. great. That's great. Is it is it open to just about anybody who wants to go? Just about anybody. Now, it used to be where you could just literally just show up. But now you you do have to kind of register before they have one. But it's free. Uh, I mean, anybody can go. So I definitely recommend if, you know, you're somebody that's trying to get into filmmaking or 
or learn, you know, it's perfect place to go. They'll even do like, they'll go through a script or if you have a script, they'll, they'll look, you know, they have someone who's doing things where they'll look at it and doctor it up and all this stuff. So there's so many good resources there for sure. That's great. So I think I've seen their, their page in Facebook. So I guess that's the way people can get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look up Chattanooga Filmmakers Guild. I forgot the w- actual website, but yeah, if you look up yeah. the, on Facebook, you'll definitely be able to see a lot of info there so you can get connected. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good things about access control and you've, you've won awards in for script and for the music and for anything else. Yeah. So the, for the international for Christian film festival, we got those three nominations and then in some festivals like the couch film festival, I won best writer and we won best cast best feature. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few others where we got a lot of nominations. We got the whole web uh, list on our website. Uh, if you go to accesscontrolmovie.com, but yeah, we were able to get a lot of accolades and, you know, it was a, r- a real blessing because going in, into the premiere kind of gave, I feel like gave a lot of people confidence to come to the movie because it was like, uh-huh. oh, this must be a good movie. I, I need to go, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, we, we were able to have a good premiere, so. One of those very good things is the music and it really adds to it and it's well done. And I got to admit, I'm not a hip hop kind of person, but I enjoyed the soundtrack and people can buy the soundtrack, right? Yes. Yeah. You can buy it on iTunes or just stream it. You know, if you have Apple music or Spotify title, whatever uh, streaming platform you have. So and I made the whole soundtrack. So yeah. Yeah. So is music your first love? I would say so. Yes. I would say music is my first love. I've been doing music since like 2008. So it really kind of helps like with uh, access control, even help to think of certain scenes to even make, you know, based on some of the songs I was kind of creating. And then like some songs I knew I wanted to play at a certain time, like uh, the song where Dan's character uh, Randy goes and talks to the nurse and gets her phone number. Like I knew I wanted that song to play when it comes on. So there's a lot of little different things, you know, cause music just kind of helps to set the mood and the tone and things like that. So I definitely enjoy being able to incorporate the love of music and film together. So it was definitely yeah. fun. I think it would have been, it would have been a good movie without the music, but that really notched it up uh, several levels. You know, to have that that kind of a, a background. That's what's the ambiance. Ambiance, yeah, and this in the um, soundtrack and everything. What are you working on now? So I'm working on a feature film called The Solution, and, and yeah, this one's a real personal film. It's a lot based on my relationship with my father. So mm-hmm. a father a son story, and it's. Uh, I play this character this time called Alan and he left his dad like over a little over a year and he works for this dry cleaners. Um, he has a pretty good position with them, but, um, you know, he, his dad owns a dry cleaners, like a mom and pop dry cleaners for many years, but him and his dad always bump heads and they'll get along. So his dad kind of has a health crisis. So he's kind of forced to go back home and help his dad at the dry cleaners. And they're kind of forced to, deal with their the problems they've had in their relationship for years. So, um, so it's pretty fun. It's a family drama. There's a little bit of corporate espionage in there too, but you know, walking oh. away and anything, but it's, 
it's definitely been fun with uh, the writing process right now. We have everybody cast and, you know, we're kind of in pre-production. We should be filming in June and July. So really looking forward to it. And it'll be filmed in Chattanooga. Most of it will. We actually have one day that we're going to be filming in Georgia in Lafette. So, but but most of it will be in Chattanooga for sure. Yeah. Okay. Neat. I don't want to sound like a job interview. I'm sorry, but five years out, where do you, what do you see yourself doing? Yeah. Every time I'm on, listen back to this five years from now, like, oh Lord, what was I thinking? But I don't, I, I hope to still be making film. Um, you know, I really want to be able to to continue to tell different stories uh, and whatnot. And I also want to, after this film, do a little bit more of acting and other projects as well. So cool. um, I was able to do a small cameo role this past summer in this film called The Friend. It should be out pretty soon. So that was fun to just be able to like, I, mean, I don't have to do anything else but act. <laughs> so. So I definitely see myself doing a little bit more of that as well. Just a little bit more acting and projects and still doing more music. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride and I'm just, whatever guy wants to do, I'm, you know, I'm just ready to do it. Okay. Well, our podcast guest today, I am happy to say is Andrew Bullard, film writer, director, producer, and actor and musician. And I think that's how Orson Welles got started. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of everything. Some, some people thought he may try to do too many other things. But so, thank you for joining us. You can see Access Control where? Where can they see it, Andrew? Okay, right now you can. Um, if you really like me, you can rent it or buy it on Prime Video. Um, okay. Outside of that, you can watch it on Tubi, uh, Plex. It's on YouTube now on the Christian Movies YouTube channel. You can watch it there for free. Uh, it's also on Apple TV as well. So, and there's oh, a couple of more yeah. I'm forgetting, but those are the main ones. Yeah. How did you get into the Prime and the Apple TV? How does, how does somebody get their film on those? Well, you just have to look at all the different distribution options. You know, we we'll talk to a lot of different distributors. I kind of use more of a, a aggregator, but some of those platforms actually went through directly. Um, but distribution, man, that's a whole other animal when you get. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's always funny. Like with me and my, I have a filmmaker friend, and we're like, man, each each phase is is its own beast. You know, once you because then once you get done with filmmaking or making the film, and then it's like, okay, well, what do I do with it? And that's why I would definitely say to any filmmaker, definitely think about distribution before you make the film, or at least think about at least do a little bit of research because, yeah. you know, you'll save yourself some headaches for sure. Mm-hmm. Is it competitive? Do they, do they, you say, I want to be, I want my film accepted on Apple TV and they look at it. Yes, it is. Well, it depends on the distributor. And I think one of the hardest things is you hear a lot of horror stories about, People that, um, you know, they go with the distributor, they give them their film. Then after, well, you know, during the time of like kind of bidding or whatever, they, they, you know, they might have an open line of communication. But as soon as they sign that dotted line, it's like you never hear the distributor again. So, you know, you hear tons and tons of stories of people never seeing the, a penny from their film and stuff like that. So it's very hard to see who to trust. So, you know, you got to do your research maybe join some Facebook groups to see what other filmmakers are saying or 
distributors that you can trust and stuff like that. And, you know, there's always self-distribution because, you know, there's a lot of ways you can just put the movie out yourself and, and go that way. So, you know, and then too, I would include in distribution, like doing the, the premiere, you know, going old school as far as people buying tickets to the premiere. And we, we sold Blu-rays at the premiere and stuff like that. You know, got to get people to support, you know, old school, even though I know everybody's with streaming, but, you know, it has its time. Okay. That, see, that's the thing I think a lot of people don't even think about. That's, um, yeah. you know, you have a lot of wisdom. <laughs> okay. Well, I just had to learn the hard way, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being with us today, Andrew. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know when this is ready. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>